Well, maybe it'll come through on the recording. <laughs> if not, I'll just cut all that part out and Thank this you. part. You give and it a try. The rest of the episode. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what do you keep putting your hands up for, Joe? Continue. Wait, can Joe hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, all right. Oh, welcome in. Garbage time fantasy football podcast. Let's get it going, host. Formerly, uh, how Seymour sees it, we've changed the name due to so our our content style, I suppose. Today you got me, Ron Seymour, Brian Warner, and Joseph McCann. And this will be the last time I use our formal names from now on. It'll just be Ron, Ryan, and Joe. Deal. Is someone missing? If you don't, if you don't, JJ's missing. I'm not even gonna. There put you go. You're on a roll tonight. I'm not even gonna put his last name in here. <clears throat> no one doesn't, gets to know who he is. Doesn't deserve it. Uh, we oh. our show is on Instagram. Uh, pretty sure it is at Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Pretty sure. Um, we are going to go through the the more free agency stuff that has happened since our last recording. Uh, the last recording was just all the Patriots news. It was, uh, I believe it was on the legal tampering day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on the first day of free agency. It was a yeah. disgusting day to analyze. Yeah, it was really horrible. And then I, we decided to wait two weeks almost. Yeah, well, this one will be a lot more uplifting then. Yes, there are a lot more signings and stuff happening. A lot more stuff to talk about. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Would you like to talk about the big gift wrap player going to your team? We could talk about Kenny Galladay. I mean, he was hey. probably the biggest free agent this year, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. What did you guys pay him? A lot. No. I don't even know where we got the money for it, prob- honestly. I'm telling you, he's part owner of the team now. Probably. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. It's been a rough couple of years for us Giants fans, all right? Mm-hmm. He he gets half of all ticket sales or something. Those damn wide receivers had to go out on that freaking boat. Totally ruined our next four years. Uh, Joe, days, Joe four do years. you know what I'm talking about, Joe? Boat party, baby. Oh, all right. You look very confused. No, I'm just enjoying my coffee over here. Oh, coffee. <laughs> Quarter to eight at night. <clears throat> I say that as I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. So anyway, Ron, what are your thoughts on Kenny Galladay for your I team? I like it. I, I, Give I us said a fantasy relevance because it actually is a fantasy show. Honestly, I believe for fantasy, it's actually not the best situation for Kenny Galladay. But he is a 50-50 ball getter. and A getter, he, huh? A getter. He's a getter with those 50-50 balls. Um. He, he doesn't run the best routes. You know what I mean? He's not like a super efficient route runner. Uh, he's, route just aficionado. Re- he, he's a real good at going up and getting the ball though. And that's something that Daniel Jones needs. Yeah. <laughs> Get that ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think for fantasy relevance, you know, he'll probably be a solid wide receiver too, just because of, you know, sheer volume, most likely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the sheer volume is definitely going to come with it. Do you have the stats in front of you, or do you want me to give you the lay down of the stats? You can do the stats. That's fine with me. Sure. You know, I did my homework, so 
you know, I was working you, can cheat, you can cheat off the smart kid in the classroom. Okay. That's so that's what I did. <laughs> so actually in 2018, he had 1,063 yards. Uh, in 2019, it was 1,900 yards and 11 touchdowns. And last year he didn't do much because he was hurt. He uh, tanked my fantasy team. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Sorry about I that. Spent, I spent what, like $50 or something like that. 50, 60 bucks <clears> on him. <throat> Mm-hmm. And uh, so, he played nothing. Did he play at all? Did he even play a game? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in one game, but that's the one he got hurt in. Oh, naturally. So let me ask you a question then. Do you think he's right. gonna have, do you think he's going to have a better season than his 2019 season, which was the 1,190 yard season and 11 touchdowns? No. So where would you put his numbers for the upcoming season? He'll get right around a thousand yards, probably. Uh, <clears throat> if I had to take the over or under, I'd probably put it slightly under a thousand. Mm-hmm. I believe the Giants team is just going to focus heavily on playing defense. Uh, our defense was decent last year and we've added pieces. So to try to make it better this year, and then they're going to want to run the ball with Saquon Barkley. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing volume on this team. So I don't believe mm-hmm. – and, you know, you also got to take into consideration he's got to learn the playbook. Him and Daniel Jones have got to get a rapport. So it might even be a game or two or three before him and Daniel Jones are, you know, like in sync, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think that's going to keep him um, on the par with a top 10 fantasy wide receiver? No, he'll be just outside. If I had to, if I had to quick ranking, I'd probably say like twelve or thirteen. I, I feel like you should be more optimistic about this signing. Like you guys came away with the top free agent, no, 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 no. For, class. and like you should be like team? ready to like go through no, a no, wall. No, 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 no. For our be like team, top five. This is a great signing for the team. I think this absolutely helps us win games. Uh. He's not one that's going to go and, you know, like I said, he doesn't get a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. He is very good at like downfield. I think his average depth of target throughout his career is 20 something yards. Okay. So let like, me ask you this then in an auction league, then what would you be willing to pay for him right now? And considering our auction league is going to be a two keeper league. Is he someone you're going to be looking to keep this year? No. Uh, general rule for me, I guess if you are you know paying attention the entire year for to fantasy football you should have people on your team that you have picked up off the waiver wire at whatever your league sets the price at generally it's about you know five dollars or so if you pick them up off the wire that those should be your keepers, even if they're more potential upside. I wouldn't keep someone at $50, $60 because you could probably just buy them back at $50, $60 if that's the case. Ryan, you have any thoughts on that? <clears throat> um, as Kenny Dolliday, just as a player, um, like Ron said, I think it's going to depend a lot on how much the Giants pass. Um, the two years he got 1,000 yards, um, that was 100 – that was on – 
let me see, 119 targets and then 116 targets with 70 receptions and 65 receptions. So it does take quite a bit of volume. He is, I, I think he is their tallest wide receiver though. So it could, he could be a pretty big end zone, uh, end zone target for Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones likes to overthrow people. So it might help that he's a little bit taller. Well, that's why what I said is, um, I said it even before we signed Kenny Galladay, when we were going into the off season, I said, if they want to give Daniel Jones his best shot, they got to go out and do something similar to what the bills did last year with Stefan Diggs. You got to go get a guy to make your quarterback better. And I think they did that with Kenny Galladay. I think signing Kenny Galladay makes Daniel Jones better. I also think there's still a possibility with the 11th overall pick, we might still draft a wide receiver if one of them's sitting on the board still. It's a possibility. Because, yes, we have Sterling Shepard, but he is often injured. Kenny Galladay was injured last year. We might still be looking for one of these young stud wide receivers in the draft. And just give Daniel Jones even more weapons. If you're talking, Joe, I can't hear you. Hold on. Technical difficulties. That's because I hit the mute button. You shouldn't do that when you're trying to talk. It really hinders your ability. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I was saying was, do you think uh, Kenny Galladay or the other New York wide receiver uh, that the Jets picked up, Corey Davis, is going to have a better season? Kenny Galladay. Okay. Simply because... uh, First off, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Jets. I don't think the Jets know. They don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, And two, uh, the Jets have actually more wide receiver weapons, I feel. They may not be of the same quality, but they have more weapons on the team. That's true. With Keelan Coe, Jameson Crowder, and now Denzel Mims. And we bought something Ryan just said. Hey, Ryan, who's going to be the quarterback of the Patriots next year? Are you sure it's going to be Cam Newton? I am not sure. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Watch, watch the Patriots trade up with the Jets. Yep. And then draft some quarterback that's going to make the Patriots look amazing again and probably beat the Jets. And... Then everyone's like, well, the Jets, you know, shouldn't have traded away that pick to the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> One, Joe Douglas is willing to trade with the Patriots because he's actually done it in the past. Two, he's never going to do that for a first-round pick because that would completely ruin him as a GM if that were to happen. Oh, especially if the Patriots, like, started, like, whooping their butts with the quarterback that they took there. Mm-hmm. And Sam Darnold actually doesn't pan out. Look, I'm, I fully believe that the Jets should trade out of that pick, build up picks, and give Sam Darnold. I mean, he's got, what, two years left on his contract, his rookie deal? They're going to have to pick up the option this year. So they'll have control of him technically for the next three years. They've got one year, potentially the option, and then a franchise tag. They're they could pick up weapons. They could him pretty quick. My, my gut tells me they're still going to end up taking Wilson at number two, but I think the better play would be to trade down here because you would get an absolute haul. You could trade down to four potentially with the Falcons and maybe again down to eight with the Panthers and you're 
creating the old New England effect where you're creating and having 11, 12 draft picks every single year at that yeah. point. Yep. Well, look at what the Dolphins did. The Dolphins did that. They traded away everything, it seemed like. But then it worked out. They they drafted well. I mean, that's the key, though. I draft they got to well. draft well. Right, and they controlled the draft last year. Right. So, yeah, speaking like of, I said. Right. Yeah. And speaking of the Dolphins, they signed Matt Breeder today. That was the Bills, wasn't it? I'm sorry. That was the Bills. You're right. The, the Dolphins did get Will Fuller, though. I was talking about him him last episode. Matt Breida was on the Miami Dolphins last year. There we go. <laughs> so, see, we linked it. Yeah, yeah. We got it right together. Full circle. Yep. Full circle. One mistake plus another mistake equals the right headline. I don't know. Matt Breida might actually be pretty good, though, but I'm worried about the rotation that they're going to use. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got two other guys that have, you know, I think they both were drafted second round, you know, so they've kind of got that draft capital. So who knows if they'll actually, I don't think they'll give Breida the full reins. Yeah. I mean, you got Devin Singletary there and Zach Moss. Um, I kind of feel like Zach Moss showed a lot more last year than Devin Singletary. Um, He's more of the third down option and Singletary. Yeah, but what's a lot of nothing? There really isn't a lot going on there with that run game. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be much fantasy relevance next year in this backfield still, even with Brita there. And I still worry about them possibly drafting one. Mm-hmm. If yeah, one of these top running backs fall to them in late first, maybe even the late second round, I feel the same. The draft goes. I feel the same way with Tevin Coleman going to the Jets too. I think it's going to be a running back by committee there. I don't think there's going to be any fantasy relevance to any of our running backs there. Speaking of running back by committee that completely destroy fantasy relevance, we might as well get into this. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders signed Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Is how I feel about that fantasy situation. Yeah, staying away from both of those. Yeah, I just, I mean, if Josh Jacobs uh, falls in drafts, I mean, in my in our auction draft, spoiler alert for you guys here in our auction draft, I'll I'll throw a bit on him. Uh, throwing a note to myself out in Ron but I won't go over 15 bucks I don't know I'm going to work on one of my plans before we start like bid $16 (laughs) one of my my plans I want to be able to do before we get into like mock draft type time and everything and when we really start ramping up towards draft period for fantasy is I want to uh, assign like dollar prices for each round and maybe break it down into like each individual pick almost or like a block of picks probably most likely just the rounds though so if someone's new to the auction style and they've played like a snake draft like they have that as a basis almost. So like if I say, you know, $15, they could be like, oh, he wouldn't be going round four or five or whatever it would end up being. You know what I mean? See, I don't like that idea because if you're new to the league, you got to do your homework. I say just let them learn and throw their We are the homework, Joe. That's true. For them, then they better listen, but we're not going to give them a chart and hand it to them. They have to listen to this to get the right. But if they don't, what I'm saying is, if they don't understand, like that's what that's what we're supposed to be doing, Joe. 
We're supposed well, to be breaking if, things down. No, in our game. league, if they don't understand, we win their prize. Oh, I don't care game. about our league. No, not. I'm talking about all, all our other listeners. <laughs> That'd be like picking up a math button and it just being like, you have to go figure out math. Yeah. It's like, that's why don't I'm reading this. Yourself, you noob. <laughs> you idiot. God, you stupid fucker. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of noobs on other teams, how do you guys feel about uh, Mike Davis with the Falcons? If they don't draft someone else, I will be excited. So you don't think it's going to be the Todd Gurley effect again? Todd, no, because I think Mike Davis has more ability at this stage of his career than Todd Gurley did last year. But you don't think that's going to be attributed to the Falcons' offensive line last year? So you don't think it's because of... Gurley falling apart. You think it's just because Davis is more talented at this point of his career that he's just going to have a better situation in this offense? Well, let's let's look at the facts. So the bulk of the Falcons offense is coming back. They're still going to have Matt Ryan. They're still going to have Julio Jones. They're still going to have Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. This is a good offense. You want to tie yourself to running backs and good offenses because look at Todd Gurley last year. What do you have, like 12 touchdowns or something like that? The dude yeah, was the end zone. Yeah, the, exactly. The dude was consistently like a number one running back because he scored at least once almost every week, it seemed like. And if he didn't score, we did this on the show. If he didn't score, he was getting, what, 30, 40 yards? Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, Mike Davis can get more than that off of the opportunities to get. And I think, you know, it shows that he has high – touchdown upside so he might be someone that's sneaky that you can get later in the drafts if you maybe if you're picking later in the rounds and you don't get you know a good running back round one and two you're stuck Mm -hmm. maybe taking a wide receiver in round two mike davis might be someone you can get round five or six even that could potentially give you uh, running back one week's Here's the thing that scares me about Mike Davis, though. He only had 3.9 yards of carry, which is a little bit reminiscent of Todd Gurley kind of last year. But here's the difference. He has catching ability. So that's where he's going to make his money in the Falcons offense. He had six touchdowns, too, so he does have the propensity to get into the red zone. So I think you might find value with him. It's just that yards per carry that scares me. you got to remember, Devonta Freeman in this offense – was a RB1 for a few years in a row before he got injured. He was. So Mike Davis, I believe, in this offense could do that. I think he'll finish more as a running back too, but I think he gives you running back one upside if they don't bring anyone else. If they draft someone else or if they bring in another, some bigger name that maybe could take, because I'm not afraid of Edo Smith. No. I'm not afraid of Edo Smith taking away carries that much. So right now, I think Mike Davis is almost like the bell cow of this team. And that's, that's something I could get behind high scoring offense, you know, has the passing catch ability. Matt Ryan likes to throw it to the running back. So I, I think that's a good signing as of right now. But what you're really afraid of is that the Falcons are going to do something like the Kenyon Drake effect and draft someone that he's going to have to split with. Right. So in that case, if they do draft someone, uh, I think they have what? They're like number four right now, right? 
yes. in the draft. They're not going to draft one there. So it'll no. probably be more second round. Or if they trade back a bunch of times, acquire picks, and then pick one up later in the first. But most likely, it'll be second round. Potentially um, ETN. Right. So the way I would look at it then is Mike Davis will probably start. And I hope he starts, has a couple good games. And then we will instruct people to trade him while it's high. Mm-hmm. And they can get a lot of stuff for him. Because I'm going to assume after week four or five, it'll be the rookie at that point. Right. If they draft one like second, maybe third round. If they if they bring in someone from the fifth, sixth round, I won't be as worried about it. But we'll see at that point who it is and all that. Ryan, any thoughts? Um, Kind of like what you guys had already said. I think like Ron pointed out, I mean, it's not like he's going to a team that has an inability to run the ball. Like they, yes. they've, sh- they've shown that they can. So it's just like with Carolina where they're, they're just a team that's able to run the ball. Um, so he, last year he finished as number 12. So kind of like Ron said, a solid RB2 is going to have RB1 weeks. Um, had 59 receptions for 373 yards last year. So that's, that's pretty good. That, that, I mean, I don't know how many of those receptions came, if it was boom or bust games or what, but right. can definitely help out. Um, I know he had a couple pretty big games in yeah. there. Like I, I think he's had like a ten reception game at one point. I could be wrong, but no, that's it was that sounds like accurate. That. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too nervous to take him in the later rounds. And you know, in an auction, it's not I wouldn't put big money on him, but definitely wouldn't be scared. Um, but you don't want to pay attention to the draft at this point. You know, I haven't done any of like my projections or anything like that, that I want to try to do this year. What are you doing with your life? (laughs) Working. It's real ridiculous. People need to start listening to this podcast. So I have more, you know, time to make this my job, you know, then I'll have all sorts of projections. Mm -hmm. Where was I going with this? I don't know. But speaking of dumpster fires, which just came out of your mouth, would you guys like to talk about another dumpster fire considering this is called garbage time fantasy football? So we're talking about the Giants or the Jets? Crap. No, no, I'm going to go with a completely different dumpster fire. So let you me mess up the... your punchline. Oh, I did it. What a disappointment. Uh, All right. So let me pose a question, guys. Sorry, you're in the wrong room. Oh, dang it. Okay. So let's talk about the dumpster fire known as the Texans, okay? After free agency's first week, the Texans running back situation is looking like Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Brian, I heard you open that beer, David Johnson. Up it's up again. So uh who's gonna emerge from this horrible situation and actual have fantasy relevance? What didn't hear no you? No one. No, no one? one stay away from this backfield. Stay right away from it. That is my whatever professional fantasy football advice, I guess. I will not touch any of these running backs. Enlighten us, Ron. Why? There's too many of them. And they paid them all. Like, I don't know who. It, every week it could, it could be someone completely different. Not to mention, if Deshaun Watson plays, he doesn't really throw to the running backs. I'm not so sure he's going to play at this point, but 
You think it's going to be Tyrod deflated lungs Taylor playing? If Maybe. It's Tyrod, if it's Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> we've seen what happens. Look at week one last year with Tyrod Taylor and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler looked like a draft bust in week one because of the Tyrod Taylor-led offense. If it is Tyrod Taylor, I will put all these people in our garbage can and light them on fire. I mean... But they're David, already in a dumpster fire. And they just eat them all. David, David Johnson, I'm pretty sure, was like the main guy last season because they had to try to prove that it wasn't a ridiculous trade that they made. Mm-hmm. And, and he, was, he was a pretty average running back, too. Um, He ranked 21. Yeah, but... he wasn't horrible. But here's the thing. This is this is where I think it goes. David Johnson will be your uh, first and second down running back. Cool. Great. Philip Lindsay will be your third down pass catching running back. Air quotes. Air quotes due to the fact that they don't pass to the running back in this offense. So he will be your third down, two-minute drill, end of the game, running back. And then they're going to get into the goal line, and guess who that's going to be? Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. (laughs) Everyone's killing everyone else's fantasy value. All true. Now let's let Ryan finish because we rudely interrupted him. Did we? We did. Um, We don't do that ever, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so you know what in an option lead i think i'd throw david johnson out there like right in the beginning try to get people to bite on him and uh yeah, but then what if you're stuck with david johnson stop only, interrupting him then jj pointed pay- out we do this a lot Look, i was let asking a question finish. though it was that, it was continuing that, on with his story well throw, let him finish his thought and then ask the question throw him out for a dollar see what happens and hope that some people bit him up throw play some sabotage there Okay, but what if you get stuck with David Johnson? <laughs> For a dollar, it's not bad. It could be now, worse. Now, Ron, ask your question. I don't He did just. Ask did another just... one. <laughs> Think of more. <laughs> Think of um, more questions. <laughs> That's the square root of 37. But, yeah, I'd oh. stay away from that, that whole bad field. Yeah, I'd know. All right, Joe, what's another free agent name? T.Y. Hilton going back to the Colts. For 10 million smackaroos. I like it. I mean, Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Any fantasy uh, relevance for T.Y. Hilton outside of Texans games? I think there could be. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, pay too much for him. He's, you know, kind of injured a lot. Um, I don't know if we have to hit the button. I don't think it's that bad yet. But yeah, I would, you guys have, can't I would have hit the button for him. But I don't know if you guys can't really hear it. What, what if I hold on? Oh, maybe if you make an adjustment over there. To no. be to be fair, he did he did start fifteen games last season. Yeah, so, but he played like trash. Yeah, except um, against the Texans. 56 receptions, 762 yards. I think he no, ranked. I was, talking, uh, I was talking about Carson Wentz, not T.Y. Hilton. Oh. Well, yeah, but T.Y. Hilton didn't play with Carson Wentz last year. Ooh, double trash. Well, Carson Wentz, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because he was throwing, throwing to guys named Travis Fulgham. Go there. And, and Zach Ertz, who is, I think, washed. But. Glass. Oh, no, not glass, just washed. Whoa. 
the slow player button that I'm not going to even bother hitting because I don't know if it's going to work. Mm. Look, you know, I'm just constantly tinkering with my setup, trying to get the best best quality in here, and you know, it's a work in progress. But doing more than Ryan with his iPhone earbuds. Listen, these are Android earbuds. That, but well, at least you got that right. Last season, Ty Hilton ranked 42 in wide receivers, so I would say he would be like a low end, maybe a flex player, maybe someone to have on when you guys have a bye week or something. Averaged 11 points a game. In PPR leads. That was some really inflated games, though, at the end of the season that made that yes. look good. I get the yes. Yeah. So, All right. uh, talking about people who are staying with their own team, Juju Smith Schuster. One year, 11 million. Oh, was it 11? I thought it was a lot less. I thought it was like it's, 8. It's 8 million with the potential to become 11. Oh, so 8 million. Mm-hmm. Even with his down year, he ranked just outside the top 15. Uh, well, he started picking it up right towards the end of the year, yep. too, though. Yep. So he came into it, uh, finished number 16, averaged 14.6 a game. Um, so he's he's still a pretty good option um, for fantasy, I think. That was with 831 yards and nine touchdowns, I believe. So Again, he was... Which mostly was the end of the year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it took him a little bit to get used to no no uh, Antonio Brown to take the attention away, but I do think he kind of figured it out as the season went on. Speaking of Steelers wide receivers, did you hear about a certain rookie going into his second year? They got into a bar fart this morning. A bar fart? No. A bar fight? Chase Claypool got into a bar fight? He did. Oh, no. And it looked pretty damning, the video, I guess. Oh, man. But Uh-oh. I haven't seen the video evidence yet, so that is to be determined and something to evaluate for your fantasy outlook of Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Good to know. Um, I, I believe that'll actually <clears throat> be bad for Juju. Potentially, because that makes... I, I think taking away a receiver really puts more attention on him, and he doesn't do better with more attention on well, him. Well, he does better in the slot, and if they take away, they might have to put him back on the outside where he's just not as good. He but that is... But this is early speculation because we don't know anything about what's going on with Chase Claypool, but that's just something to evaluate. Well, and and I almost think that's what happened. You guys can correct me if you think differently, but I think Claypool had these, those monster games kind of in the beginning. So that defenses started to look at him a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of led to Juju being able to break out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like your assessment there. I think that's a pretty good one. And then if we want to go back to another player that just re-signed with his own team, James White just re-signed with the New England Patriots. Uh, did not have much of an impact at all last season, but I do think with a revamped offense, more options, I could see him uh, having a much better season coming up. Disagree and moving on. I'm 100% shocked he didn't go to the Buccaneers <laughs> and moving on. Yeah, so let's talk about a more productive running back. How do you guys feel about Chris Carson going back to the Seattle Seahawks? Is he still going to have fantasy relevance next year? As long as he stays healthy and as long as they don't trade Russell Wilson, yeah. There's they literally, also, what were you saying? They fired their offensive coordinator because he didn't want to run the ball enough. Mm-hmm. And the offensive quarter coordinator was one of the most run-heavy offensive coordinators in the league. So, yeah, I think he will have fantasy relevance. I think he's going to have a lot of fantasy relevance next year. And here's the reason why it's too. 
Russell Wilson wasn't very happy with his situation going into this offseason. One, because he didn't feel like he had an offensive line that was blocking very well for him. Two, they were shifting towards the running game, and he was getting very angry with Pete Carroll about that. Mm-hmm. I still think they're going to continue to do that this offseason. I think that's going to create more opportunities for Chris Carson. But something to evaluate, too, is the health of that running back position next year, too, because they're going to have guys coming back like Penny. So we still have to watch that, but I think Chris Carson still is going to be the bell cow of that offense. Yeah. Yeah, I if they believed that much in Rashad Penny, I don't think they would have brought Chris Carson back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they believed in what they had on the team, mm. they wouldn't have brought him back. And but that is a much better take than listening to anything about James White and the Patriots. Listen, yeah, mark my words. He's going to have a better season. You just wait. Fine, you can pick him up for the $3 after I bid him up for you. Deal. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to drink white Russians this time, so. No. and You guys are all in trouble. Is Mr. Anderson going to be your bartender again, too? Mr. No. Anderson. No, because he tanked my whole team. <laughs> yeah, he did it. He's the one that made your draft, what was it, like four Rams players? <laughs> hey, it's not his fault that you were like top scorer in our league for like the first six or seven weeks and still couldn't win the game. Literally, like the worst luck. I don't. This is why that I don't was, buy scratch. This is why I don't buy scratch play. offs. Like, <laughs> this is why I don't buy scratch offs. Like, Ryan, what did you accomplish? Well, I was the leading scorer and didn't win the game. That's... Okay, I bought the most scratch offs. I just haven't won the lottery yet. Yeah, that's that's what it's <laughs> like. I'm I basically haven't even won a dollar. I'm basically the best loser in this league. Okay. <laughs> I agree How do you guys feel about Emmanuel Sanders going to the Bills? Any fantasy relevance there? Everyone's saying that he's replacing John Brown, but John Brown is faster than him. John Brown was the deep rat. Like, I don't think it's going to be the same. I think, I think he'll have some good games, but. I don't think he's going to have week-to-week fantasy value. I think I'm going to disagree with you here because I think the Bills' offense is going to evolve because I think Emmanuel Sanders is more of an intermediate threat, and I think that's what they're bringing him in for. Um, I think Josh Allen's going to um, have a propensity to actually go to him, so I think he's going to actually have a very sneaky kind of Jamison Crowder kind of season. I think there's something actually here. Yeah, but there's also still Cole Beasley. It's a lot of the same player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. And and uh, Josh Allen already has a rapport with Cole Beasley. Yeah, but he's playing the slot though too. I think, I I think there could still be some value here with Emmanuel Sanders being on the outside, being their number two. Yeah, I think there could be could be good weeks. I think the the only guaranteed starter every week in fantasy for that team will be Stephon Diggs. Well, that's I think Cole, he's a top five wide receiver. Right. I think right Cole now. Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders may have weeks where, you know, they're a good start, but yeah. I don't think it's like an, you know, put them in your lineup and just forget it. You know, it's not like that type of situation. What do you think about him, Ryan? Yeah, Ryan. Um, Ryan. No, you guys pretty much covered it. I don't have further thoughts on him. So I will switch to another player that I mentioned briefly and I talked about previously. What do you guys think of Will Fuller going to the Dolphins? Are you nervous about him with Tua being the the quarterback? Do you think it's going to kind of hurt his ability? 
because he was having a killer season pre-suspension. Yeah, but that oh. was Deshaun Watson. No, I think exactly. He, I think he's going to have a pretty good season, even in Miami, because um, I mean he's a beast. I think with no matter who he's going to be playing with, um, I, th- I could see him having maybe nine hundred fifty to a thousand yards and seven, eight touchdowns. Honestly, I think he's he's going to be a big red zone target for Tua, who really do is you a short think he helps the value anyway. of the other receivers on the Dolphins because of how much attention he'll take? So, do you think? Parker and Williams will see more, I, more targets. No, I think Parker completely disappears in that offense because Tua doesn't like to go to him anyway. Gotcha. I'm nervous about any of these receivers because I don't know. Are the Dolphins going to open up this playbook for Tua? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You saw a very big difference after Fitzpat. They took Fitzpatrick out and put Tua in. They completely changed up their philosophy and I don't know in year two if they're going to let Tua sling it out some more or what they're going to do so I'm I'm weary of this offense that's that's understandable I mean Miami's best wide receiver last season only ranked 40 in fantasy so it is going to depend on how they open up the playbook yeah. So do you guys think that their lack of trust in Tua is going to increase the value of Miles Gaskins next year? I'm big on Miles Gaskins. I think I think he's going to have a pretty solid season. Um I I had picked him up last year. I don't know if it was an R lead or another lead, but he did have a lot of, finished 28 in running bats, averaged 16 points a game, and that was only in 10 games. So if he played a full season, might have been looking at a Top 15, top 10 running back. Interesting. Lightning round, Ryan. Who's going to have the better season at tight end? Jared Cook for the Chargers or Hunter Henry for the Patriots? Ooh. Um, it's tough because Hunter Henry also has Johnny Smith there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, uh, I think um, I'll still say Hunter Henry just because it's New England. You freaking Homer. Wrong. <laughs> It is wrong because of the fact that um, I think Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith will be splitting it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think Johnny Smith actually might be more of the receiving tight end that they use. Yeah, I what think about you? Hunter Henry and more for a blocker. Yep. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Jared Cook's going to have the better season. And the reason why is because you agree to. The Chargers have a and I'm going to use the word again, propensity to use the tight end position a little bit more. He's going to be the the star there in that offense, and they have a blooming young quarterback there. Like, I think he's going to get a lot of targets this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, Jared Cook is the much better play. I mean, if the Patriots did not sign Hunter Henry and it was just John U. Smith there, mm-hmm. I would be all in on John U. Smith. Oh, yeah. Are you guys all in on Ryan Fitzpatrick being the starting quarterback of the yep. Washington Sprinkles? Love Not it. for fantasy football, but. But I just love it as a fan of football. Yeah. Really? You don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant with uh, Terry <clears throat> McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson there? I don't think he's a week-to-week starter, no. With Logan Thomas? I think he's a pretty decent flex option, though. No, because they don't put they don't put our boy Jeremy Sprinkle in enough. I think if Jeremy Sprinkle was in there, you know. Well, he'd be a 5,000-yard passer if they put Right, exactly. Sprinkle. And, like, half of that would be to Jeremy Sprinkle. 
Though they are called the DC Sprinkles for a reason. Right, exactly. <laughs> so who's going to be more fantasy relevant for that team, uh, Terry McLaurin or Curtis Samuel? I, I Curtis Samuel. Really? That's, yep. that's quite a statement. Do you think really? that's just because the number one corners are going to go to Terry McLaurin? Or? Yeah, I think Terry McLaurin's going to do all the attention. So I think Curtis Samuel's going to be the quick, easy, uh, easy choice when he's looking downfield. Do you guys think Ron Rivera is going to use Curtis Samuel the same way he did when he was there, which is with gadget plays? Well, no, when Ron Rivera was there, they didn't use, they used the gadget plays last year. No. Do you think they're going to adapt to use the gadget plays though? No. Using last year. Well, here, here's they should. My thing. Here's my thing. When uh, Ron Rivera was using, I don't remember where I heard this, but when Ron Rivera was using Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel was running a lot of, uh, nine route, just straight go, you know? Mm-hmm. And he didn't do very good, but he also had like Kyle Allen throwing him the ball. Like Cam Newton wasn't the starter. He had scrubs thrown in the ball and it was something like he had the most uncatchable targets that year. <laughs> like, but with Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you're running a go and you're open, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to get you that ball. Are you saying Cam Newton throws uncatchable balls? No, no, no. Cam Newton was injured that year. <laughs> so it was Kyle Allen and some other schlub. That's all right. I just want to burn Ryan on Cam Newton. That's all. Yeah. Well, well and, I mean, all you have to do is say eight touchdown passes in a whole year. Right? <laughs> hey, listen, I know all about, all about it. There's I, an I, extra game this year. He I, might get nine. I yelled at the TV a lot last season. Um, Hunter Henry might have one touchdown this year. It is it is worth mentioning, um, and I know different quarterbacks and stuff like that can make a difference. Uh, Curtis Samuel actually finished right behind Terry McLaurin last year in in fantasy and PPR leads. Right on his heels. About yeah, he had a few one po- touchdowns too, right? One yeah, one point seven points behind Terry McLaurin, wow, and that that's like the lead. And that wow. was playing one last game. Ryan, the stat master, he's really stepped his game. He's up in on it years. today. He, this yeah. is what he's like. Yeah, let's podcast tonight. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, snorted pre-workout before this, and just ready to go. Unlike, um, unlike JJ, who's not even on the show tonight. JJ, such a disappointment. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've pretty much covered a large portion of this free agency pile. So, um, one of our listeners asked us to bring up a topic that I know is. Near and dear to JJ's heart. So we're going to have to cover it. Mitch Trubisky joining the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. You know Absolutely my biggest no. takeaway? Oh, go ahead. No, you have the floor. You know my biggest takeaway about this? Mitch Trubisky, the number two overall pick in the draft, whatever year it was. <laughs> he got paid $2.5 million to back up Josh Allen. Okay. Tyrod Taylor got like 10, 11 million. Jacoby Brissett got like 10, 11 million. Like, this is a lot better quarterback than those two. How in the world did he not go somewhere and make more money? How was 2.5 million on a team where the only way you're getting any playing time is if Josh Allen gets injured. Ron Seymour, did you just say Mitch Trubisky is a halfway decent quarterback? 
I'm saying he's better than Tyrod Taylor and Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, like when I saw that news and read the contract, my first thought was just why. I will agree with JJ on this. They were a lot smarter if they would have just kept Tr- Trubisky rather than rolling with Andy Dalton. I, I feel so bad for him going through that emotion. What he's going through? Yeah, you should I, know. I mean, you were through quarterback hell for a while with your team. Yeah, only like 15 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sanchez for a while, which looked good for a little while. and then It looked good for a solid two years, and then it just yeah. fell apart. And then things started happening, and he ran into his lineman and butt fumbled, and his career just was done after that. Let me give you a synopsis of it, so. 97, I remember Vinny Testaverde. He was great for a few years, injured a few years. Chad Pennington, very promising his first two years. And then he went through ACL injuries and shoulder, I'm sorry, shoulder injuries, not ACL, and became a noodle-armed quarterback. And then after that, we had the one legendary year of Brett Favre and him taking pictures of certain things and sending it to reporters on our team. So he was gone after a year. And then we went through the whole thing. the Jets. For one, I yeah, that's, that's how, forgot about that's that. how not important it was that you completely forgot about it. Yeah, and then the Sanchez took over, good oh, for God, two years, guys. and then Rex Ryan ruined him. And then we went into Geno Smith and IK and Polly punching him in the chin. And here we are. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Josh McCown, you know, a future head coach in this league. I think he's a good coach, but as a starting quarterback. Nothing more than a journeyman like Fitzpatrick. And now we're to Sam Darnold. And he is right at the edge of the door on the way of being out. We're gonna we're gonna say to be determined in Sam Darnold. Yeah, he had a I, real he had a real big Adam Gaze problem. He did. It was like and lack of weapons problem. Yeah, they really needed to get him some weapons. So um, do I think he could still be successful in this league? Yes. But we're not talking about Sam Darnold, we're talking about Mitch Trubitsky, who I we Don't talked me. about him. I mean, I, I, I love our one listener. <laughs> Thank you for being devoted. It really warms my heart that one person actually wants to listen to this thing. <laughs> and I would love to continue to talk about Mitch Trubisky, but. We're talking to fan- you, Christian. This is a fantasy football podcast, and I don't think he has any fantasy relevant unless Josh Allen gets injured. If week one, Josh Allen tears his ACL and is out for the year. Mitch Trubisky could be a big deal. Yeah, like if if the Chargers doctor gets hired by the Bills, I'd probably draft Trubisky. <laughs> just just in case, I'd probably take the gamble. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm staying away from it. If Josh Allen goes down week one and Mitch Trubisky throws for 4,500 yards and has like 26 touchdowns and seven interceptions, JJ's going to have a conniption. I need to find out where that doctor went. That's what I need to find out. What was his name? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good old Dr. Big Needle. Gotta find out where he went. No, I'm just gonna give you this little shot and your pop. Oh, oh. <laughs> My bad. Oh man. That that lung's not important, is it? <laughs> so speaking of quarterbacks, I'm, I'm I'm jumping a little bit and it's pure speculation. But is um, he really a quarterback? So that's not really True. a transition. Are there any like, are there any like rookie quarterbacks coming up in the draft right now that you would you would take highly or think is going to have like a top ten, top twelve season? No, 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 me neither. Rookie quarterbacks don't do that. 
Takes I will play a wait and see approach with them because I mean, there was specifically one who played for the Chargers who was fantastic, but nobody knew that until week seven or eight anyway. Right. So I will play wait and see approach with them. I'm not stashing yeah. anyone on my bench with them. Right. Yeah. No. And that, I, I mean, if it's a dynasty, that's a different story, but mm-hmm. your right. dynasty league, but. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, someone in our league is going to spend a few dollars on Trevor Lawrence just because of the name. Oh, but yeah. it's not going to be me. I'll let him. Uh, I will. I mean, if I'm depending on what quarterback I get as my starter, I, I wouldn't be afraid of putting a dollar on T-Law and trying to get him and mm-hmm. see what happens. But that's a little bit I'm, different of a situation, though. You're not actually really bidding on him at that point, though. You're just picking him up. Right. Yeah. But just stash him on my bench and see how he does the first couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See what happens. All right, Joe, hit us with your this or that. This guy, that guy. Uh, Brashad Perriman. Any fantasy relevance on the Lions because there's nobody there? Either him or Tyrell Williams is going to have fantasy relevance. <laughs> Even it's with Jared Goff uh, throwing them the ball? Yeah. You just gotta find I out mean, which... Robert Woods and Cooper Cup had fantasy relevance. Mm-hmm. I think Jared Goff could f- support one person. Plus, they're going to be playing catch-up a lot. So, someone's got to catch the ball. Another this or that. Who gets signed first, Antonio Brown or Todd Gurley? Was the first one really a this or that? You, you threw out one person's name. I had to bring out the other person. I said fantasy relevant. That is a this or that. Is it? Moving on, moving on, Antonio Brown. Yeah, moving on, Antonio Brown or Todd Gurley, who signs first? Antonio Brown. Yeah. Back with the Buccaneers. Probably, but. (laughs) Everybody else is going bad, so. I wouldn't be surprised. Todd Gurley will not get a job until there's an injury. And I guess, finally, will Damian Williams have any fantasy relevance? With the Bears. Oh, we didn't talk about Damian Williams signing with the Bears. Not. That's a big one. I don't like it for fantasy. I do not believe Damian Williams has any fantasy relevance. Okay, Dark Cloud Seymour, explain why. Because David Montgomery is clearly the, their their guy. <laughs> uh, and another issue. What are you talking about? Andy Dalton is clearly their guy did come out and say that he was their starter. And the reason he went there was because he was told he was going to be the starter. You really spoke that into existence. Yeah. Anyway, well, back to Damian Williams. But it made me look like a freaking genius. <laughs> back to Damian Williams. All right. So I saw that signing and instantly went, you. Because <laughs> Damian Williams is a good running back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's obviously going to take carries. Tariq Cohen is obviously going to get his catches. Before Tariq Cohen got injured last year, uh, David Montgomery was just not as good for fantasy. Yeah. Then he he wasn't up. getting the catches. He wasn't getting you know, he just wasn't as efficient and wasn't as good. It wasn't until Tariq Cohen got injured and everything was running through David Montgomery. Well, obviously, they felt like that's not what they wanted to do again. So they went out and got an insurance policy 
in case Tariq Cohen gets injured because Damian Williams can catch the ball. So I don't like this for David Montgomery's fantasy value. I don't think it provides Damian Williams with any fantasy value. And I don't know about Tariq Cohen because I don't remember how much Andy Dalton likes to throw the ball to running backs. I don't remember. All I remember is him throwing it to A.J. Green a few years ago, to be honest. Yeah, like (laughs) it was – it always seemed like it was wide receivers. I don't remember it being heavy in the running backs, but I could be wrong there. I just don't remember. Yeah, so – and I think Ron brought up a good point in that. So David Montgomery finished number six for overall um, running backs last season in PPR leads. So I think a lot of people are going to feel like they want to take him early or pay high for him. But that Tariq Cohen injury is really what did it. Because you look at the first nine weeks, he's only averaging like eight or nine points a game. And then after that bye week in week 11, you see 20 points, 23, 21, 28, 18, 19. He yeah, exploded going into the fantasy playoffs, and he could have won you your league. Yeah, and not so, to mention, he was playing super soft running soft. defenses. Soft rushing yep. defenses. In the end yeah. of the year. So I would, I don't, I think looking at David Montgomery's value from last season, seeing him at number six may make people incorrectly think that they should take him high or pay mm-hmm. a lot of money for him, but I would not. Yeah. Either. And I've got one more question for you guys before we get out of here tonight. All right. I'm ready. Rank them in fantasy relevance. One, two, and three. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford. Go ahead, Ryan. I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so what were the three? <laughs> Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford. Ryan, I, you need to learn to listen when people are talking. Aren't you a teacher or something? Shouldn't you know to well, listen when people are talking to you? Well, <laughs> and Now I'm going to forget by the time this, this dialogue is over. <laughs> um, I would say, and without much evidence to match it up, this is just going to be gut feelings. I would take Stafford. Wentz and then Goff. Ron Seymour. Fantasy relevance. Who's going to score the most, Ron? I, the most fantasy points, right? Yes. I will go Stafford, Goff, Wentz. Why are you switching Goff and Wentz? Because I feel like the Lions will be playing catch up a lot. And they will be in garbage time, and golf will put up a lot of points at the end of games. I believe the Colts are going to win games on defense and running the ball. And their defense is good enough, they probably won't be getting blown out a lot. So you're saying they're going to hide Carson Wentz? I guess that's a way to put it. I wouldn't put it so mean. Oh, come on. Give us a hot take. They're going to hide Carson Wentz is what you're saying. I'm just saying they're going to run the ball a lot. Like, Come on. I would be passionate about it. Commitment. I am committed that they're going to run the ball. I feel like Carson Wentz finishes with about 4,300 passing yards. No. 31. So he's going to have a Sam Darnold kind of year. Yeah, just he's going to be hyper-efficient is what I think. I think they're going to put him in a place to succeed. And he will succeed by running the ball, getting the play action going. 
He's still pretty mobile. But with how Goff is going to be, I just envision the Lions getting blown out of almost every single game. It's nice that you said super efficient, but I also said Sam Darnold when those two things don't go in the same sentence. So I, we're I not going to connect the dots. Sam Darnold will pass still. He had a really bad gaze problem. He did. Doesn't everybody? Well, the Dolphins did. Ryan Tannehill did. Uh, Kenyon Drake. There's Here's the thing. There's too many examples of what has happened after a player has left the gay system for it not to be a real thing. You know? It's true. <laughs> like, this man has been riding the coattails of Peyton Manning for so many years. <laughs> And it's, it's not him two head coaching jobs. Why can't I get a, a coaching job where, like, I just have this the best quarterback, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and just, you know, make a ton of money off of him for years to come, even though I'm shit at my job. Yeah. And, the, and that quarterback's basically calling all the plays for you. Well, yeah. maybe if you go to a Papa John's <laughs> in the Midwest, the ones that Peyton Manning owns, you'll hey. come across him. Get his I don't think that's going to make NFL teams be like, yeah, let's hire that guy as a coach. It worked for the Jets. But if you pass <laughs> Sean McVay in the hallway, you might get hired. That's true. Right. Or Bill Belichick. I could be a slot line. I could be a wide receiver for Bill Belichick. Yeah. What what are you like? You'll be a wide receiver coach in I'm no like, time. I'm like 5'10". Oh, you're perfect. Yep. If I if I actually took care of my body, I'd probably be a solid 190. That's what he looks for. That mountain right now, is not helping. Right, right now, I'm a soft 210. <laughs> <laughs> but if I worked out and everything, I could be a solid 190. Oh man! So, are you guys good for the night? I'm yeah. Good. I think right, so. we're playing the outro music. No one yeah. can hear. Or you, you, you are you gonna play it? it? Yeah, I'd love you to play it. You're gonna play it. Let me know when it's playing. I can't hear it. Well, then, you know, that makes me feel really good about my mic that it won't pick up the sound. Because, <laughs> like, obviously, it's not going to pick up a bunch of background sound if it's not even picking up this music that I'm literally pointing this mic right at the speaker for. Are you actually playing it right now? No, I'm getting ready to. Hold on. I'll let you know. <laughs> Which one was it? And he's got it going. Can you hear it? No. Seriously? That's okay. I don't need to hear it. And on our end note, Mitch Trubitsky's a Buffalo Bill. Boom. I can't believe you can't hear that. (laughs) Hi, everyone.